Hello and welcome to the Solopreneur Coffee Break, the podcast where I chat with other solopreneurs and learn from their stories, insights and tips. I'm your host Howard and my aim is that this podcast will inspire, inform and entertain you. Whether you're already a solopreneur or thinking about becoming one, I'm sure you'll find something valuable and interesting in every guest's journey. Thank you for listening and taking the risk with this brand new podcast. I hope you feel rewarded by the end. So grab your coffee and join me for the Solopreneur Coffee Break. In this first episode, we'll be discussing jumping off the corporate ladder, exploring a personal mission with meaning, and the realities of becoming a solopreneur. I am thrilled to introduce our guest for this first episode. April Sumner has a 20-year history in corporate America, where she achieved a six-figure salary by age 34 by obsessing over her primary questions, how can I make this better and how can I be better? These questions led her to save a mid-sized company over $10 million annually through incremental improvements. She now brings her experience to solopreneurship and is building a personal brand focused on the continuous improvement of personal and global well-being. April, hello and welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So the Solopreneur Coffee Break is all about maximizing the value for listeners. So if it's okay, I'm going to launch straight into the first question. Let's go. Going back in time as far as you like, what's the best job you've ever had? Oh, my. I really loved product management the most. And the reason that I was attracted to that is because you were always working on something fresh, something new. And years prior to that, I was already very interested in incremental improvement. So product development and product management just expanded upon that. So moving on slightly, but still staying within the corporate environment. Um, but I think this is going to relate to what, what you're going to say later about what you're doing now. One of the things that I picked up in, in your bio was about uh, techniques of nonviolent communication. And mm. I was wondering, how does that work in a professional setting? And what are the company looking for with such a program? Well, it's a great question, and I don't have an answer to that one yet. I have not used that right. in a professional environment. It's something that I have discovered within uh, the last year or two and have been applying okay. to my personal life in relation with others that I'm communicating with. Um, to apply it in a professional setting, I mean, I would say there's definitely room for it. A lot of the things that uh, frustrate an employee um, go unsaid because um, of fears, uh, not knowing how to approach the situation. And nonviolent communication gives us a simple process by which we can outline what we have observed. Here's the facts. This is what I have seen. Um, and then identifying what our feelings are about it. So for instance, um, I 
have been pushed as an overachiever, I was pushed to do more and more and more. I wasn't good at communicating um, with my management. I tended to be just a yes, yes person. Whenever they needed something, I would just do more and more. But in uh, this method, I could have spoken to my manager and said, here's what I have observed. Um, I'm continuously trying to do my very best and I'm receiving more and more pressure to do even more at this point. Um, and this is a real, a true story. Uh, I'm for a certain period of time, I was working a project. I'm working 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And the CEO just called me and wants me to take on another project. I feel really oh, wow. overwhelmed and as though some people don't quite understand what the situation is. And I, I need to request um, that somebody else come in and alleviate some of this burden that I'm carrying because it's just getting to be too much and I don't want to burn out. Something like that could be used um, where it's very factual, but you're explaining your feelings and you're putting a request out, um, not a demand, but a request that can be then negotiated. Okay. And am I right in saying that one of the key books in this area is Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg? Yes, yes. Cool. So if people want to find out more about that, that's a good place to start. Would you recommend that? I definitely recommend that book, yes. And it's it can work in any... Uh, relationship, be it at work, your spouse, your friends, your family. It's it's a great way to concisely communicate what's going on and um, seek assistance from another. Okay. So how did you develop your personal development hobby, as you, as you call it? Um, you mentioned that that um, has been a hobby since you were 19. Yeah. So um, how did you develop it and how has it helped your career and life, do you think? Hmm. Um, it really came from a very broken place. Uh, I, I got married when I was very young, when I was 17, and um, my ex-husband was abusive. And so by the time I was 19, uh, I had run away from home, so to speak. Um, but by that time, he had already brainwashed me into thinking that I was stupid and unlikable and so forth. And so um, I started unconsciously with this, these, un, these questions just repeating in my mind, well, how can I be better, you know, and in my, you know, social circle, which I didn't have one at the time, but I, as I started to um, add friends to my circle. It's, you know, how can I be better? How can I be a better friend? How can I be better at relationships? When I started working is how can I be better at work? How can I make this better? Um, this process better, uh, the situation better. And so it was, it was just something that happened. It's, I didn't read it anywhere. I didn't try to do it consciously. It just happened. And then I started to see success from it. I was very quickly promoted within the organization. And I started to correlate that I was adding value and making these improvements. And I was being recognized, at least in the sense of being promoted. And so that strategy was working. And I decided to do more of what was working and understanding business and understanding psychology was fascinating to me. So it didn't feel like 
work. Uh, it just felt very interesting. It just naturally something that I leaned into. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that um, with us. Uh, it's obviously been uh, quite a journey, but yes. it looks like uh, because I know what you're doing now, we're, we're going to get to that, um, mm -hmm. that you've been able to turn that around as, as a positive force. So I'm sure everyone will be uh, very interested to hear about that. So moving on to the more the current time and the, and the future, um, what were the events that led you to discover your passion as a teacher and an activist? Mm -hmm. So it actually started with a Eureka moment back in 2013. And it was related to this relationship I just mentioned with my ex-husband and that we have gone through, each of us have gone through so many, like thousands of hours of education. And I just realized how many mistakes that I made in my early adulthood and my late teenage years that could possibly have been prevented if we were just learning about life skills in school um, as one of the primary focuses. And I just felt that we were doing our youth a disservice by not teaching them life skills that would help them truly be a success in life. And that prompted me to go down this path of wanting to learn the hows of happiness and fulfillment and well-being that sort of led me where I am today now. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that leads very neatly on to how, how do you now, I know that uh, you're in a relatively early step um, of becoming a solopreneur as I am myself, so I can relate to that. Um, but how do you plan to use your skills and interest to create value for others with your personal brand and reaching your income goal? Mm -hmm. So I want to help others as a leader, but in the way that I'm, I'm sort of showing how one can embody a uh, personal well-being and embody higher values and then move forward towards a life that they're enthusiastic about and not just one that they were told they should live when they were in high school, you know, or, or during any years of school, you know, or go through high school, then you go to college and you want to get a job, preferably one that pays a lot of money. And get married and have your little house. And it's all sort of laid out for you. But a lot of people don't fit well into that box. And that box really isn't meant for everyone. And it robs us of our sort of unique genius and um, a life lived in our own style in our own way. And when we are not living a life that we love, um, for instance, being in a nine to five and just being miserable, just grinding it out day after day, it does take an emotional to um, toll on yeah. the individual. Yeah. And when you have this emotional depletion going on, you have far less that you can give to others. Um, the others that are in your local network and the others that are around you. Um, if 
we have all of this turmoil going on, we tend to be even more reactive to things that happen. And it just has a ripple effect, like the butterfly effect that ripples out and in ways that we can't even understand the impact of. And it keeps us focused down in a place that's, um, I'll just call it a dark place, um, where some people become hopeless and depressed uh, and angry with the world. Whereas if you are able to live a life that you love, now you, in that case, are actually building up energy reserves and you have more to give. You're actually able to elevate your vision and look beyond just your own little world and what you can offer to the world. And personally, I would like to see more and more of us looking at how we can impact global well-being because it's just incredible to me uh, that there's still so many people. There's like 25,000 people, probably different stats would say different numbers, but I'll just go with 25,000 people that die every day from starvation. And yet there's plenty of food and money actually in the world. It's just being held in certain places where those people or corporations or organizations are not focused on global well-being, but they're instead focused on their own little tight world for whatever reason. So this this uh, the incredible uh, statistics, and it's obviously a complicated question. I, I know that um, there was a challenge put down to Elon Musk when he was declared the uh, richest person in the world. Um, that if he could just give six billion dollars, then it would solve global hunger. But um, and he said basically okay, I'll do it, but you have to prove what you're going to spend the money on. And I think then it kind of fizzled out. It's, it's not just about money, is it? No, it's not just about money. Um, and I don't have the answer to it either. Um, but Elon is making great strides in the direction of global well-being, in my opinion, in other ways. So when was it the, f the first time that you decided to explore being a solopreneur? Actually, um, when... My career with corporate did end in 2019. I had already been thinking um, and putting thoughts together uh, around having my own business. And I did start a business. So I started a business and I closed a business. Um, and that was about bringing life skills to the youth. But as much as I wanted that to be something within the world, when I started putting together that content, it just didn't light me up. And so I found others who were going on that path. And I decided that, okay, um, if this is going to be draining for me, then this is not my path. Um, I can assist in a different way uh, with global well being. And so, I closed that business down and I took a lot of time to really look at myself in a much deeper way and understand what the next step could be for me. Yeah. So it's on, it's on a deeper level. I think that's um, the issue that a lot of people coming to solopreneurship have faced. Uh, certainly I have faced is 
narrowing down what your niche is. This has mm -hmm. been the most difficult question for me, but I, I think it's not the only question. I think there's also, you know, how do you find clients? And um, oh, for yeah. me personally, I, I felt like I need a support network in case, you know, I get into difficulty where there's issues, I, um, skills that I don't have that I need for a client. Um, but I've always kind of put those two questions to the side because I've been thinking, well, if I don't know what my niche is, then, you know, the rest of the stuff doesn't matter because I haven't got a business to start. Um, so it sounds like that you've been thinking about these issues and that, so that was quite easy to know what your niche was in a way, because you've been thinking about these issues over quite a long period of time. I, I found a niche that I could speak to, but I'd say mine is still evolving because you can think about it all you want, but it isn't until you actually start doing it that you start to see what other people really want to engage with you on. So for instance, I thought I'm going to focus on people who are still suffering um, really suffering in their nine to five or suffering in their relationships. And they're kind of in this dark hole and they don't quite know how to get out. That was my initial focus. And then, and I thought, well, I'll help lift them out and then move them into a brighter future. But then I realized that, um, the teacher, the teacher appears when the student is actually ready. Right. And a lot of people in that place aren't necessarily ready uh, and I was having interactions that I was not enthusiastic about and realized that I needed to focus maybe at just a slightly different place um, with people who already are have, hmm, I should say, focusing on people who already have a growth mindset or the beginning of a growth mindset and have. Uh, some level of values alignment with me so that when I speak, it will land for them um, and I can really help them. It's like, I, I can't read, I'm not at the top of the mountain, right? I'm still sort of at the bottom of the mountain, but let's say I'm 200 feet up the mountain. I can't, you know, reach down and pull someone out of the ocean. Uh, I have to just reach down to the people who are just you know, a little bit further down and maybe throw them a rope and help them up. That's the way that I look at it right now. And that could shift as well, because I'm always iterating and looking every single day at what what is working, what is not working, and how can I make things better? <laughs> yeah, cool. I think uh, people will relate to that. So we met in in the Modern Mastery community and i've been in some other discord things before and never really got past day one with them because they just seemed to always be like a constant stream of random messages that weren't linked and nothing was kind of um grouped into context and on modern mastery that's very different and th there's courses in there then there's categories for discussions and it's easy to reference what people are saying with their biography their intro post and the whole community is full of people uh, i feel that are a, a similar stage in the process to me and um, and in front so which i think is a good place to be learning from so 
really with modern mastery, the skill that I've been surprised that they that Dan is really emphasizing is writing. So I thought it would be, you know, learn how to create a website, learn how to do Facebook ads or something like that. But actually it's writing that he's saying is the basis for everything else. Yeah, sure, the marketing and the copywriting, writing a landing page, that all comes um, from it. But the, the basis is is writing. Um, so, and he encourages people to create a newsletter. Is that something that you've thought of doing, April? Yes, it is. And I hope to be releasing mine very soon. Uh, maybe even in the oh, next cool. couple of weeks, four weeks, something like that. Oh, really? Uh, so, well, yes. I look to that. Yes. <laughs> it's a great cool. way to be able to reach out to people directly because you can't control the algorithm, right? So if somebody has a lot of accounts that they're following, for instance, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, then they're not necessarily going to see you in their feed all of the time. So if you can reach out to them um, once a week or whatever frequency that you want, um, that just gives you a, a regular touch point with the people for me that I'm considering as part of my grander community. What are some of the challenges or obstacles that you've faced as a solopreneur since you've started? Mm, let's see. I would say um, getting started um, has been one of the challenges uh, because I have over this period of time, I have looked at lots of different things. I've opened lots of doors and closed lots of doors. And after being so successful in my professional career, um, being expert in my industry and then starting over again. And then every door I closed felt like another failure. And when am I going to figure out what it is that I'm going to really do and what's really going to take off and feel aligned with my heart? Because that's a big reason why I wanted out of corporate. I wanted to be able to follow my heart and do something that was more meaningful. Um, so just that continuous uh, churning through failure, that was quite a struggle. Yes. And there'll be more, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what a lot of people relate to is, is they know what their passion and interests are, but then finding out how they make a niche of, of that that is valuable to the consumer of their content or training course or their products. That's that's the bit that becomes tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really important. It's important to not only find what works, but also something that you really feel enthusiastic about. Because if you're if you don't love what you're doing, you know it, it could be financially successful, but two years in, are you going to still want to do that thing? Um, are you going to keep growing it or is it going to start to decline at some point because you are you're just tired of it? Um, in the corporate world, I felt like I spent 20 years climbing the wrong ladder and then I had to start all over again from from the beginning. And now I'm closing those doors a lot faster um, so that I don't spend a lot of time and effort climbing the wrong ladder again. But but it's a challenge. It's a challenge to say, OK, this this is just not for me. Um, this doesn't 
include everything that I want in my life. Yeah. And if, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's something that you end up not really enjoying doing, then you might as well get a job. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And, you know, isn't that part of success is that you are doing something that you enjoy? At least it is for me. You can have all the money in the world. And if you are not enjoying your life, I don't see how you can call yourself successful. How will you measure your success as a solopreneur? Because I get the feeling that it's not just about the money for you. (laughs) No, it's definitely not just about the money for me. But money is one part, right? Everybody wants to be comfortable. Everybody wants to, I think, everybody wants to feel a certain level of freedom um, financially so that they can do the things that they most want to do. Uh, So that's certainly true for me. Um, I have simplified my life so much that I don't require a ton of money, uh, but I do want enough to be comfortable. And then the more that can come in is fantastic because that means I can help more people if I'm receiving more resources. Um, So yes, I want financial resources, but also, like I said before, I want to live a life that I'm enthusiastic about and one that I feel really aligns with my higher values, which are love, courage, truth, authenticity. Um, I feel that there's, I don't, I don't feel it's, it's a knowing there's not enough expression of love in the world. Um, there's so many things that are going on that so many of us just turn a blind eye to, you know, like the, the homeless people on the street, kids who don't have enough food to eat, even in America, you know, the, the country that everybody seems to think so highly of and, and wants to come here for all of its opportunities. And there are a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, there is a, a great opportunity to live from a place of higher value. And to me, I feel like if my financial um, stability is there, um, my enthusiasm and energy for life is there, and I'm able to contribute to the world in a positive way, then I think that would be three pillars of success. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I mean your your ambition of uh, of global well being is obviously um, unusually large f- compared to a lot of people's uh, niche. Um, it's uh, totally admirable. Um, we mentioned Elon Musk earlier. I, he's he's the only other person that I can think of that uh, has you know as a business person is stating kind of lofty um ideals how will you expand from your personal level um work on on well-being and the people and your clients how how will you expand that further it's it is a great question Uh, and i'm not i'm not sure that i have the answer to that question um that's fair enough i i don't like to get too caught up in the hows um, because in my, in my experience, and I'm sure this isn't for everyone, but in my experience that can sometimes create, um, blocks for me. Um, I just get so worried about how I'm going to make things happen. And that to me seems, um, a little, quite a bit further up the mountain for me. 
Um, there are some other companies like Patagonia who are doing great things. And then, of course, many nonprofits as well. Um, but what I would like to see is that business um, as a majority um, move away from money just for money's sake and begin to um, focus maybe even primarily on um, missions that have meaning uh, and missions that are promoting global well-being in some way. And so I'm taking little baby steps in that direction and we'll see how things unfold. That there already seems to be a, a kind of acceleration towards companies having um, a mission beyond profit. And especially, I think the, the global pandemic has been a catalyst in, in that respect. Mm -hmm. I have noticed that as well. And also there's a big problem with disengagement in the workforce. A lot of people don't want to just work to make other people money. They also, there's a lot of people out there that want to do something that's meaningful. Um, so hopefully the culture is starting to take a turn. It seems to me sometimes like it's turning the Titanic. Um, but you know, yeah. little changes make a big difference over time. So maybe that's one of the good things that'll come out of the pandemic. So in summary, what's the most important issue or thought or theme that you'd like listeners to take away from this podcast? For solopreneurs that are early in their journey, I would say just start, start anywhere um, and just keep making iterations, small changes as you go. Like I said, you know, seeing what's working, what isn't, seeing how you feel about it too. And not just what somebody else tells you that you should feel about it. Um, there's a lot of gurus out there right now who are hawking their courses because it's going to make you the next million dollars. And money does buy happiness to a degree. Studies do show that, but it only buys that happiness up to you getting a certain level of comfort. And then beyond that, the change um, in your emotional state is, is so small. It's not even significant really anymore. There are some people who are very enthusiastic about race cars for instance, or the, the best sports cars. And, and that can be a different story. Sometimes you do need a lot of money in order to chase your actual enthusiasms, but you have to know within yourself what you're truly enthusiastic about, um, what really lights you up, what energizes you rather than drains your energy. So just get started. Um, you don't even have to tell people about what you're doing. You don't even have to put a product out. There are places where you can test your ideas. Uh, you don't have to go and create a personal brand immediately on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. You can simply just start releasing some content and seeing how it lands and iterate from there. It doesn't have to be this big bang where you tell the world what you're doing. So just get started. <laughs> yeah so just start and of course it can be part-time and uh, you just mentioned writing I think that's a good way uh, to start that we've already touched on and that can you know there's a number of sites where you can do that I, I write on medium.com 
And that's a really easy way to get started because you don't have to worry about the platform. Right, okay. So I think that brings us neatly to the end. So uh, what's next for you today? It's still morning time where you are, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. So uh, for me today, I mean, I'm going to be getting outside into this beautiful weather. I'm in Arizona, so there'll be some hiking here in my near future. Um, but otherwise, I'll be back at it, you know, working on the personal brand. I'm going to start working on some of my own uh, like original content, um, really putting some deep work into that today. And very soon have a landing page so that people can come and sign up for a newsletter and keep going. I'll just keep iterating. Fantastic. That sounds nice. I'm very jealous about the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lovely. Hopefully the rain will hold off, but it's very nice outside right now. Okay. So uh, with that, April, I'd like to draw to a close by asking how listeners can get in contact with you. Yes, thank you. I would say the best way to connect with me right now is to connect on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you can go to the April Renee. And uh, LinkedIn is another place that you can find me. And it's April Sumner on LinkedIn. So um, yes, but I'm, I'm spending most of my time on Twitter these days. Okay. All right, April. Well, all that remains for me to do is to thank you so much for being a fantastic guest for volunteering to be the first person to come on the podcast in jumping into the uncertainty and i really appreciate you coming on and it's been a fantastic discussion um uh, i hope that we get some good feedback uh, because you've brought up some fantastic topics not least global well-being uh i mean you can't get bigger than that so <laughs> thank you very much Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. I appreciate you including me on your podcast and being the first guest. How exciting. Okay, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And we hope that you'll be, become a regular listener. It would be great if you could leave some feedback on your platform uh, wherever possible. If you'd like to be a guest or you'd like to recommend a solopreneur you know, then please email me at howard44time at gmail.com or you can contact me on Twitter at Howard44Time. Bye for now from the Solopreneur Coffee Break.